goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, this is Strong Opinion Sports. Today is Monday, May 21st, I'm really grateful for you tuning in. Um, I gotta say, today's kind of an interesting episode. I'm gonna do something today I've never ever done before in the history of Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to do a, you know what, actually, I'm gonna leave the tease there. I'll tell you later what it is. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to do something I've never done. And it's not, it's a segment. It's a segment I've never done before. And and I'm excited. I think it's going to be very interesting, quite entertaining, and and maybe even somewhat funny. Today's episode is kind of a time capsule. It's very interesting because I'm recording today's podcast before the Cavs and Celtics play game four of their series. Right now, the Celtics lead the Cavs two to one. And by the time this podcast goes out, the results of game four between the Cavs and the Celtics will be out. But I do believe that even though I'm recording this before game four, it will still be worth your time. I think I've prepared a good enough argument and made an an interesting enough case for you to listen. And here's what you can listen for. You can listen for my my opinion now. And then on Wednesday, how does it change? Because I think it's going to be very interesting how game four influences how I feel. Because game four between the Cavs and the Celtics is going to be very, very telling. But right now, after only three games, I'll be quite honest, I have no idea what to make of the Cavs and Celtics matchup. I just don't know. It's a very weird scenario. And I do not want to overreact. So we saw the Cavaliers in game three wipe out the Celtics. The Cavs made quick work of the Celtics. They blew them out. They won by 20-some points. Um, but I don't want to overreact. I, I think after the Celtics took a 2-0 lead, I did overreact. And so I want to learn from that and not make the same mistake twice. We see blowouts all the time in the NBA playoffs. It's how the game of basketball is played. Look at the scores throughout the, the entire playoff series. The Warriors blew out the Rockets last night. The Rockets blew out the Warriors. Teams blow out other teams often all the time. And it's hard to read into that. Because when a team gets a, a long 20-point lead... The other team says, we're going to conserve energy, prepare for the next day. And threes have a huge part to play in that. But what I think is interesting between the Cavs and the Celtics is that the Cavaliers are very clearly the better team, the the more talented, physically gifted team. That's what I mean when I say better. I mean, physically, they can shoot threes a little better. On paper, they have more all-stars. You would look at the Cavs and the, the Celtics and say, how are these two teams competing? And the difference is... Well, there's two differences. One of them is Brad Stevens, obviously, but the other one is this. The Cleveland Cavaliers are incredibly streaky. They'll be be doing great. They'll have a high moment. Everything's going great. And they'll have a game like they did in game three against the Celtics. But then we'll see something go wrong and they'll take a, 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 they'll be behind. They'll be down 10. And you see guys are hangdog. Their effort suffers. And it's very interesting between the Cavs. If one thing goes wrong, They kind of fall apart, even though they have LeBron James. In spite of LeBron James, even he can't lift up the Cavaliers enough to carry them to victory. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I think that's an interesting thing about LeBron. I, 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 this is what I struggle with about Cam Newton, actually. Cam Newton is the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And we see him at times when the going gets rough, he falls apart. It's mental toughness. And sometimes with the Cavs and sometimes even with Cam Newton, it's more about the mental side of the game than the physical side of the game. Because physically, the Cavs are better than the Celtics. But the Celtics are the Cavaliers are incredibly streaky. The Cavaliers 
have extreme highs and extreme lows, and that's not dependable. And that's really hard to believe in as a fan. As a guy rooting for the Cavs, it's really hard to believe that the Cavaliers can actually do the job and clean up against the Celtics. Here's another factor for the Celtics. So the Celtics have Brad Stevens. And Brad Stevens makes this game and this matchup incredibly fascinating. And I want to talk about this. Upsets. So a less talented team can beat a more physically gifted team. We call that an upset. And upsets, I believe, are, I don't want to say easier, but I think they are a little bit more achievable in football. Because in football, you have one game. And you can make a giant coaching adjustment, like in the NFL, in the playoffs. You make a giant coaching adjustment. Come out with a defense no one's ever seen before. Come out with an offense we've never seen before. And if you don't make the correct halftime adjustments, you're going to lose the game because your team can't deal with that adjustment. Basketball is not that type of game. It's, it's difficult to do that. Because in the NBA playoffs, you don't just play one game. You're not one and done. You have to win four games. It's a four to seven game series. So you may be able to steal one game. The Celtics did. The Celtics stole game one between the Celtics and the Cavaliers. They stole one game. They made some coaching adjustments. They got a win over the Cavs. It was somewhat of an upset. However, they didn't just steal one game. They stole two. And that really matters. Because in basketball, I repeat, that's harder to do. When you make a coaching adjustment, it's hard to overcome. Not just one game, but two. And the Celtics have done that. And I, I just think it's really interesting. It's, I don't know how you doubt LeBron James because we've seen LeBron James year in, year out. He's the best player in the league. He's getting older. He's in his 15th season. And yet LeBron James still defies all logic. And so when you have a guy like LeBron who defies all logic, who defies all reasons, how can I make a calculated decision and not one out of emotion? I don't know. But even though it's hard to bet against LeBron James. The truth is, it just seems to me that the Cavaliers and the Celtics are neck and neck. I have no idea which team is going to end up on top, at least before game four. Now, game four could change this, but I, I just, I don't know. Now, it's worth noting, I think whoever wins is going to lose to the Warriors either way. I think the Cavaliers could play maybe five games against the Warriors, and I think the Celtics would get swept in four games because physically they're just not as good. But I repeat, we're going to learn a lot from Game 4 between the Cavaliers and the Celtics. Can the Cavs win in Boston? That, that's a big deal to me. Can the Cleveland Cavaliers win a game in, in I guess it's the TD Garden now, whatever the garden is in, in Boston? Can they do it? And, and I know that the Celtics, historically, when they take the lead 2 to nothing, have never lost a series in the NBA playoffs. Now, I don't think there's a lot of weight to that because it's, it's, those are players that are not even involved in this team anymore. So you can't take a historic stat like that and say, that's what's going to happen. But it, it does. It is interesting. Now, what I want to know is, will the Cavaliers bring effort? Are the Cavaliers going to have a hangdog mentality if something goes wrong? If they're down by 10? Because I, I remember very clearly in game two, Cavaliers were down 11 with 10 minutes to go. And I waited and I waited and I waited for LeBron James to come through and make it happen. And I'll tell you what, I think LeBron, sorry, I think Kobe Bryant, I think Michael Jordan, both of them would have made it happen in that final 10 minutes, and LeBron James did not. He, some people argued he conserved his energy, doesn't matter. He had a moment with 10 minutes left to take over the game, and he didn't. And that stuck with me. That's really kind of affected me over the last couple of days. So 
if the Cavaliers have bad effort, does that reflect poorly on LeBron James? I don't know. He's the leader of the team. You would think if LeBron James is all that, his team would be motivated and say, and I'm a, I'm a huge LeBron James fan, but you would think, you know what? Our team, we got to pick it up for LeBron. We got to pick it up for our guy. And LeBron James doesn't seem to have that effect on the Cavaliers. That's very interesting. So I'm excited to see what happens between the Cavs and the Celtics in game four. I don't want to stay on it too long, but I will say I'm, I'm very obviously I'm rooting for the Cavaliers. I think the NBA finals are significantly better if the Cavaliers and the Warriors play rather than the Celtics and the Warriors. I think the Celtics would get swept in four games and it wouldn't even be close. I think at least if the Warriors and the Cavs play, if LeBron matches up with the Warriors again, maybe LeBron can win one game. Maybe there can be some interesting drama. I just don't think it's going to be the same if the Celtics and the Warriors play. I just don't, I don't root for that. I don't root for the second, you know, like what's, do you, do you always, like when you go to an Italian restaurant, are you excited for the side salad or are you excited for the pasta? I go to Italian restaurants for the pasta. LeBron James is the pasta. The Boston Celtics are the side salad. So I'm rooting for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That is who I want in the NBA finals. So now I want to talk about the Warriors. So the Warriors don't play until Tuesday, till tomorrow night. I don't know how you watch the Warriors and Rockets series right now. I watched game three last night. I I don't know how you watched game three last night and didn't think that, man, the Warriors are without a shadow of a doubt going to win this series. I mean, the Rockets, I mean, they they got one win. Like the Rockets did win a game. They kind of stole one from the Warriors, but there's no way the Rockets can win this series. I just don't see how it's possible. I mean, I watched game three. The Warriors shot over 50% from the field. <sighs> and not to mention, I remember writing in my notes. I think it was over It was over six times I wrote in my notes in my notebook that, man, the Rockets are really struggling with turnovers. I wrote, the Rockets keep turning over the ball. Lots of turnovers. And it's like, you look at the stats, they had 20 last. It was 20 or it was 18. I can't remember what it was. I, I wish I had it in front of me. I don't. I just remember going, Oh my God, the Rockets are turning over the ball over and over and over again. Not to mention they missed a lot of gimmies. They had easy shots that were like layups that they would just miss. Literally, they missed layups. And I think some of that is intimidation. When you play a team like the Warriors, a team that great, it's it's hard to kind of bring your A game. And I, I think this, we saw the Rockets somewhat fold in game three. Now, I've heard this all year. I've heard that the Houston Rockets are the NBA's math equation. You know, people say the Rockets figured out if they hit a bunch of twos and we hit a bunch of threes, the math equation will be if we all score the same amount of buckets, we're going to be winning because we're making three points while they're making two. Now, I have a better math equation for you. (laughs) When you see the Rockets and the Warriors play each other, how about this? Who has more better players on the court? The Warriors have better players. They have four stars. The Rockets have maybe two. The Rockets have two. They have Chris Paul and James Harden. But last I checked, four is better than two. And that really matters. I know you can argue Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon. But these guys are not superstars. Say what you want. The math equation goes to... The Golden State Warriors, they have better players and they shoot threes. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, even the coach is better for the Warriors. 
I think the Warriors are the best team ever. I, I don't know how. I mean, the Rockets are a great team. The Rockets won the Western Conference, and the Warriors just took them out like it was nothing. So, um, man, I, I just I don't know how you even watch. I don't, how, how do you not believe in the Warriors? I'm going to predict right now the Warriors will beat the Rockets in five games, and that is exactly what I believe will happen. Okay. Um, we have a great show. I'm going to do a... So the thing I'm excited for, the, the thing that I am very, very much looking forward to that I've never done on this show before, I'm going to do a reaction. I'm going to lift up my laptop and at the end of the show, and we're going to watch a video together, and I'm going to share my thoughts because I had someone comment something that was, I think, ridiculous. This guy said, Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. And I said, how in the world could that be true? So I'm going to listen to his argument. I have my own argument for why I don't believe Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years, but we'll get there eventually. For now, I want to do this. I want to talk about the New York Giants. I know I do it a lot. I, I have a lot of Giants fans angry at me, but they keep coming back, so why not talk about it? Um, I guess to start, I want to throw Giants fans a bone. I want to give Giants fans something they will finally like to hear. So I predicted that Kyle Lalletta is not the future quarterback of the New York Giants. I said, because I make predictions, I do it all the time. I said, my prediction is Kyle Lalletta is not the future franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. I also don't believe in Davis Webb. But I, I don't think that means that drafting Kyle Lalletta in the fourth round was a bad pick for the Giants. I mean, you can argue, well, you know, it was a fourth round pick. Maybe the Giants uh, could have used that pick to find a more impactful player, but eh, here's the thing. Eli Manning is 37 years old, and you have a new head coach. You have a new head coach who doesn't know Davis Webb. Maybe he does to some degree, but he wants to get a guy he believes in. So now by drafting Kyle Lawletta, the Giants will have two quality young backups. Well, at least we believe qual we've never seen Davis Webb, but we can assume hey, maybe he's quality. I don't know. But in theory, the Giants have two good young players. One of them has to maybe land. Maybe one of them is the successor to Eli Manning. So I don't know. But here's what I don't buy about. So first of all, Giants fans, I hope you like that. What I'm saying is I don't think Kyle Lalletta was a bad draft pick. Can't hurt. Can't hurt you to have another young quarterback. Maybe he is the future. I don't think he is. But maybe he is. But here's what I do not buy about both Kyle Lalletta and Davis Webb. I've gotten this comment many times on YouTube, and it's people saying, well, Davis Webb and Kyle Lalletta, they both won the Senior Bowl MVP. That means they're going to be really, really good. That Because they won the Senior Bowl, that shows us they're going to be great. I want to remind you, so before Davis Webb and Kyle Lalletta, here are the quarterbacks who won the Senior Bowl. Sorry, that won the Senior Bowl MVP. These quarterbacks are the quarterbacks who were the Senior Bowl MVPs historically in the last, these are the last 12. So we have EJ Manuel, bust, didn't work. Christian Ponder's already out of the league. Dak Prescott, oh, you got one. Dak Prescott, he's a, he's a somewhat good quarterback. He's a starting quarterback. We don't know that Dak Prescott's fantastic, but hey, one out of three so far, one guy that was a Senior Bowl quarterback that won, MV, uh, won the Senior Bowl MVP, he is a good quarterback. But then we have Pat White, Charlie Fry, Chad Pennington, Cade McNown, Damian Craig, Pat Barnes, Bobby Hoying, 
and Stan White. The only other guy that even had some success is Chad Pennington. Now, there's an outlier here. There's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was also a Senior Bowl MVP. So, hey, maybe, so you have, out of the last 1, 2, 12, out of the last 12, excluding Kyle Aletta and Davis Webb, out of the last 12 quarterbacks to win Senior Bowl MVP, you have two that are starters now still, and you have one, Ch- Chad Pennington, who was a serviceable starter, never like great. I don't think he, he might have won a playoff game. But Chad Pennington wasn't terrible, right? But that's three for 12. Those are not good odds. Those odds do not tell me that clearly Davis Webb and Kyle Lalletta are going to be successful in the NFL because they won the Senior Bowl MVP. You're putting too much weight into it. Three for 12 are terrible odds. And in fact, odds would show that neither Kyle Lalletta or Davis Webb are going to be successful based on those odds. So I'm, I'm not very hopeful. I'm not very excited. I don't believe in either Davis Webb or Kyle Aletta simply because they were the Senior Bowl MVP. Now, you're probably angry. You're Maybe maybe you noticed this. I did leave out Antoine Randall L. So there's another quarterback on the list that won Senior Bowl MVP, Antoine Randall L. However, he didn't even play quarterback in the NFL. He played wide receiver, which only further makes my point. Winning the Senior Bowl does not necessarily mean you will be a good NFL quarterback. But again, I want to reiterate, Kyle Lawletta was not a bad draft pick. He could be, like he could be. My prediction was he won't be a great NFL quarterback. My prediction was he will not be the future franchise quarterback for the New York Giants, but I think he could be a good backup and maybe he will land. There is a possibility. I'm not saying 100% he won't. I just said my prediction was I don't believe in Kyle Lawletta. Now, I want to talk about a commenter on YouTube. His name is James Hollister. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a loyal follower of Strong Opinion Sports. Even though he hates me, even though he's mad at me right now, he watches a lot of my content. James, I really appreciate it. But he's a Giants fan. And he's called me a Giant hater many, many times. He's angry. He doesn't like my opinion of the New York Giants. He doesn't like that I trash them for drafting Saquon Barkley. And, and many Giants fans don't. I, I agree. I understand. I think some of that some of that is I said the truth about Eli Manning. I think that makes people angry. But I asked James, I, I responded to one of his comments. I said, James, how many games do you believe the New York Giants are going to win this season? And James responded with this. He said the the Giants are going to win between eight to ten games, and they're going to win more games than the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, man. So I want to make a bet. I, I want to make a wager right now. I will bet every single Giant fan watching right now will make a wager. They only So if the Giants win either nine or more games, or if the Giants win more games than the 49ers, I will spend money I do not have on a Saquon Barkley jersey. I will wear it for an entire podcast. And then I will mail it to James so James can have it. I'll sign it if he wants. I'll do whatever. I'll give James a free Saquon Barkley jersey. I'll even wear it on the show as a showing of shame. If the Giants either have a 9-7 and seven record or better. So if they win 9 games or better. Or, not both of them. Or, either one of these things can happen. If the Giants win more games than the 49ers. I'm that confident the Giants are not going to have a great season. Remember, not both. 
They don't both have to happen. If either one of them happens, if the Giants win nine games or more, or if the Giants win more games than the San Francisco 49ers, I will spend money I don't have to buy a Saquon Barkley jersey. I will wear it for an entire podcast, and then I will send it to James so James can have a free Saquon Barkley jersey. I promise you. If the Giants win more than seven games, if they win more games than the 49ers, I do not believe in the New York Giants. Their schedule is atrocious. Their schedule is horrifying. The first seven games are like, they could start somewhere between 0-7 or 2-5. and I do not believe in the San Francisco, in the, sorry, Jesus. I do not believe in the New York Giants. I do not believe in the New York football Giants. I think Eli Manning's old. I like their head coach. I like their running back. Saquon Barkley's a great running back. But I think the, the sun is set on the Giants' good old days. It's over. Their division is incredibly good. The Cowboys are good. The Redskins have a competent quarterback. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl. And I think the Giants are not even the third best team in their division. So I think the Giants are in trouble. They're screwed. But again, if they win either nine or more games, or if they win more games than the San Francisco 49ers, I'll go out of my way to buy a Saquon Barkley jersey. I'll wear it on the show and I'll send it to James because I do not believe for a second that either of those things will happen. <laughs> you know what? I actually kind of hope it does happen because damn, it would be so good for the show. It'd be, oh, how many views would I get off that? I don't know. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But hey, it'd be great for me if it did happen. It's kind of a win-win for me. Um, so we've seen a narrative recently about LeBron James. I've seen a narrative that, you know, LeBron James is going to go to the Houston Rockets because LeBron James is not quite yet the GOAT. Um, maybe he's going to go to the Houston Rockets and that will give him a better shot of being the greatest basketball player of all time. And, and it seems widely believed that the next step for LeBron James is to go to the Houston Rockets. Did I say Golden State Rockets? I meant Houston Rockets. So my first question is, does winning games and does winning rings, if LeBron James goes to Houston and wins multiple championships, does that actually make him the GOAT? So if LeBron James goes to Houston, he will have won championships in Cleveland, Miami, and then also Houston. He'll have at least four, probably five championships. If he can do that, if he can win five. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's certainly the way to, for LeBron James to become the greatest of all time. And that made me ask, okay, so what does LeBron James actually have to do? What does LeBron James have to do to make me consider him the greatest basketball player of all time? So to me, there, there's two big things I, I can't get past. LeBron James needs to at least win five championships. I would prefer if LeBron James won six or seven, because again, it, Michael Jordan has six rings. I don't care about perfect. But he has more rings than LeBron James. Um, I think if, if LeBron James can win five championships, if he's won five championships in three different cities, and he's got a longer career where he has was at peak performance, I think that, to me, makes LeBron James the greatest of all time. But he should have something like 12 finals appearances because, let's be honest, if he has five rings, a longer, better career, all the stats, and he went to twice as many finals appearances as Michael Jordan, whether he won them or not, that says to me, yeah, he's the greatest of all time. But I'll say this, if LeBron James does go to Houston, 
he's going to get a lot of flack and a lot of criticism. Here are the main criticisms I believe LeBron James would receive if he goes to Houston. First off, everybody's going to say this. Everybody's going to say, LeBron James is cherry-picking championships. He joined a better team, and he became a mercenary, and he only went places where he had a, a chance to maybe win a championship. I wouldn't fault him for that. I don't think that's a bad thing to pursue championships. Isn't that kind of the best thing you would want to do? Don't forget, Kevin Durant did the exact same thing. And you could even say, you could even argue when Michael Jordan came back from baseball, well, didn't he go chase a championship with the Bulls? See, every year Michael Jordan played, he chased a championship. And every year LeBron James is doing everything he can to win a championship. I don't fault him for going to different places. In fact... I believe winning in multiple places is even more difficult than what Michael Jordan did. See, Michael Jordan had the same coach every time. He had the same owners, same organization, most of the same people. Not all. I understand there were some, there were some small changes around Michael Jordan. But look at how many different people, if LeBron James can win a championship in Houston, how many different people will have contributed to each of his championships? Imagine taking down... Imagine destroying your car and rebuilding it every time you had to win a race. Every time you built a race, you had to completely rebuild your car from scratch. That's what LeBron James has done. If he goes to Houston and wins a championship, different coach, different people, different owners, different general managers, different players. Michael Jordan never dealt with that kind of change and winning with multiple systems is incredibly, incredibly hard. So if LeBron James can go to Houston and win two championships, Hey, for me, it's it. <clears throat> for me, that'd be everything. He'd have the better stats. He'd have only one less championship. I would, again, I'd prefer LeBron won six or seven. So even haters could like, they couldn't argue anymore. All they would have left is he was perfect. And it'd be like, well, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I do believe if LeBron can go to Houston and win two championships, he'd finish with five. He'd have better stats. He'd have basically a longer career at his peak. That would tell me LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. All right. This next one's kind of convoluted. I'm going to drink some water to kind of prepare because I don't even know how to go about how to, how to make this argument. It's going to be quite fun, though. <clears throat> okay. So we know that the San Antonio Spurs are kind of shopping the market for Kawhi Leonard. So we believe, it seems to me, that Kawhi Leonard is available for a trade if you are in the Eastern Conference. We've seen that Kawhi Leonard is not going to be traded to the Lakers. He's not going to the Rockets. I do not believe the Spurs are willing to trade Kawhi Leonard within their own conference. But maybe they'd be open to trading him to the Eastern Conference. They'd be willing to give him to a team for an equal player because they're struggling. Kawhi Leonard doesn't seem to want to work with them. If they can get a similar star player and flip him for Kawhi Leonard, maybe they can bring in another player just as good with just as much production that they'll get along with. And so I'm looking around, okay, well, uh, who could trade for uh, Kawhi Leonard? Who in the Eastern Conference actually has a chance of getting Kawhi Leonard? I mean, you could see the Cavs trading Kevin Love, but why would they do that? It doesn't seem to help them with their future. Um, I don't think they would trade because Kevin Love has injury concerns. Say, okay, well, maybe the Philadelphia 76ers could go after Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I, I don't know that they have anything, any any big pieces they could trade, any big assets they could trade for Kawhi Leonard. 
So my team, I think the favorite to, if anyone's going to trade for Kawhi Leonard, I, and I don't think that anyone is going to trade for Kawhi Leonard because I think the asking price is too high and the contingencies are too difficult to fill. But I think if any team would trade for Kawhi Leonard, it would be Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics. I love Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge is a risk taker. He goes after things. He's kind of a maverick. I think he's the kind of guy that would go after Kawhi Leonard. And so that makes me ask, okay, what are the Boston Celtics five best assets? What do the Celtics have that's maybe possible or worth trading? I mean, you have a bunch of small players, like role players. You could trade away, I mean, maybe Al Horford and Terry Rozier. But here are the five, I think, best assets that the Boston Celtics have. They have Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving. And I think it's a toss-up between Al Horford or that first-round draft pick. Remember, they're not going to have a good first-round draft pick, but they will have a first-round draft pick. And I think that Al Horford's getting older, he's a little bit older. They're about equally just as, so maybe it's six assets technically, but I don't know. So I wouldn't trade, I don't think that the Spurs would trade for Gordon Hayward. I I don't, maybe, maybe Gordon Hayward and a Terry Rozier or another role player, but I, I don't think, I don't see that happening. And I don't think there's a way in the world that the Celtics would trade away either Jalen Brown or Gordon or sorry, or Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is not leaving the Celtics. Jason Tatum is not leaving the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum's a rookie and they are running their offense through Jason Tatum. They are creating plays for him. He's only a rookie. Jason Tatum has an incredibly high ceiling. He clearly should have been the first overall pick in the NBA draft. The Celtics are not ever going to get rid of Jason Tatum. And I wouldn't get rid of Jalen Brown. He's 21 years old. He's shooting incredibly from three right now. He's playing really well. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, are they're off the list. They're not on the trading block. They are not for sale. So the, the next question becomes, how about Kyrie Irving? Because there's been some speculation. You know, maybe Kyrie Irving, you should trade him. Kyrie Irving's had, had some health concerns. If you remember back at Duke. Kyrie Irving did not play a full freshman year at Duke. Then he went to the NBA and with the Cavaliers before LeBron got there. Remember, Kyrie Irving had injury concerns. And now once again with the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving again has injury concerns. Now I'm going to tell you something. I would not trade Kyrie Irving for Kawhi Leonard in a heartbeat. And I would not get rid of Kyrie Irving for almost anything I think Kyrie Irving has one skill you simply cannot replace. As long as you can have Kyrie Irving, I would have Kyrie Irving because here's what Kyrie Irving does that nobody else can do. Kyrie Irving is a closer. See, when you need a shot, when you need a bucket, you're down by one and you need two points in game seven of the NBA Finals, you're playing against the Golden State Warriors, Kyrie Irving can go and get a bucket. Kyrie Irving can score in the biggest moment. He's even better than LeBron James at doing that. I would not trade Kyrie Irving for anything because he has an ability that nobody else has. It reminds me of this. Once upon a time, I worked at a car wash and there were only two people at the time who worked at the car wash that could close. So there's a big machine. You have to close the machine. You have to do all this stuff. It's about an hour of work to close down the car wash. And when the other guy left, I was the only person on staff at the car wash 
who knew how to close. And we were working on training people, but we weren't there yet. So there was about a two-week stretch where I was the only person working at that job who knew how to shut off the machines, who knew how to close down the money till, who knew how to put everything away. I was the only person who knew that whole complicated process. And so I became incredibly valuable. Days I went, I would have, I would have Wednesday off, even though I had Wednesday off all day, I'd still had to come in for an hour at the end of the night at seven o'clock and close down all the machines, close down everything. Because I was the only person knew, who knew how to do that. If I got sick, if I didn't show up, if something happened to me, the car wash was screwed because they would have nobody who knew how to do that function. They would have nobody who knew how to close because nobody else was capable of doing that in that two-week stretch while they were training another guy. Kyrie Irving is very similar. He's even called a closer. I was a closer at the car wash. Hey, Kyrie Irving literally is always called a closer. He is a guy. When you need a bucket, game seven of the NBA Finals, the Celtics are playing against the Warriors. They have them on the ropes, but they're down by one. They need a bucket. Kyrie Irving can go and get that score. Now, some people are arguing this. Well, remember, Kyrie Irving has injury problems. Kyrie Irving can't score that bucket in game seven if Kyrie Irving is hurt. So I think moving forward, the Boston Celtics should lean on Kyrie Irving less. Give him fewer minutes. I mean, they will anyways. He's coming off an injury. But give him fewer minutes earlier in the season. Remember, it's good for Kyrie Irving right now because he has a whole, he has more time than normal to prepare his body. Because actually getting hurt in March was good for him. I I really believe that because he's going to come into the next season completely rested and fully healthy. But in the future... You got to limit Kyrie Irving's minutes. And that's tough to do because Kyrie Irving only averages 33 minutes in his career per game. Now, I I would cap Kyrie Irving. I'd say, Kyrie, you're only playing 29 minutes per game right now. We can win without you. We have good players because you need to keep Kyrie Irving healthy. Because I repeat, Kyrie Irving is an even better finisher than Kevin Durant, than LeBron James, maybe even than Steph Curry. You cannot replace that function. When you need a bucket, when you have two minutes left, I'm not even, who cares about comparisons to Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving? Because you're not going to get that. The Celtics aren't going to get that. The best option the Celtics have of getting a guy who can score a bucket when you need it. Game seven, NBA Finals, Celtics Warriors. When you need that shot, the only guy the Boston Celtics have and have an opportunity of having with that skill set is Kyrie Irving. If you trade Kyrie Irving for Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard cannot step into that role. Kawhi Leonard's a great player. I don't know how he would work with Gordon Hayward. I don't think he would. But Kawhi Leonard's a great player. However, you need a guy who can score in that big moment, and Kawhi Leonard is not that guy. I would not trade Kawhi Leonard. So I would not trade Kyrie Irving for anything because he can do something nobody else can do. Oh, man, I hope that was interesting. I don't know. I, I kind of created this whole scenario because I've been thinking in my mind, you know, how could Kawhi Leonard end up with the Celtics? And I don't think it's possible, but I think the only way it would be possible is if they traded Kyrie Irving to the Spurs. And I just really hope they do not trade Kyrie Irving to the Spurs. Um, Drink more water. So... Johnny Manziel just 
finally made a big move I like. Johnny Manziel just made it clear he has signed a contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Johnny Manziel actually was at their training camp the other day. It was awesome. And I love, I love, I love this move. I'm so glad Johnny Manziel signed with a CFL team, a Canadian Football League team. That's great. That's awesome. Because I I believe Johnny Manziel needs to prove himself. Johnny Manziel needs to prove himself off the field. He needs to prove that he can stay clean. He needs to prove he can stay out of trouble. He got married. He needs to stay away from Vegas. He needs to stay sober and prove he can take care of business off the field. But remember, Johnny Manziel also needs to prove he can do it on the field. We've never seen Johnny Manziel succeed in professional football. We, We haven't. It's awful to say, but it's true. We saw him run around against Alabama. We saw him do a lot of crazy stuff at Texas A&M, but we've never seen Johnny Manziel successful in a professional football setting. It's the truth. Like I just, he's got kind of a weak arm. He needs to prove in a system he can execute an offense on time without needing to run around and do a bunch of crazy stuff. Because I, I do not believe Johnny Manziel is yet an NFL quarterback. But hey, if he spends two years, maybe just one year, in Canada, maybe he could prove himself. I like that. I think that'd be exciting. So I'm really, really happy Johnny Menzel signed with a Canadian Football League team. This is a follow-up. I've I've talked about this many times on my channel. But I just think it's great. I think Johnny Menzel's going to hopefully get playing time. I, I do believe he's going to play. I, I don't know how. I mean, maybe, maybe the Tiger Cats have a great quarterback that's not going to budge. But the point is... Johnny Manziel's showing his priority is on football. He's not on his clothing line. He's not on his shoe line, not on his other crap. Johnny Manziel's first ambition is to play football. I love that. I think that's awesome. There's another wrinkle to this that you may or may not know. I'm really glad that the team Johnny Manziel signed with was the Hamilton Tiger Cats. First of all, Hamilton's awesome. I have a friend who lives in Hamilton. He's a friend of the show. He listens to the podcast. It's really cool. But the Hamilton Tiger Cats have a head coach named named June Jones. June Jones is the head coach of the Tiger Cats. He is a quarterback whisperer. I know we always say that. He's really great with quarterbacks. He's good with young quarterbacks. He's good with young, troubled quarterbacks. Do you remember Colt Brennan? Colt Brennan had issues. And under June Jones at Hawaii, Colt Brennan... May he forever rest in peace. He seemed like a great guy. He died too young. Colt Brennan dominated college football. He had, I think he, I I believe he like led the nation. I don't remember. I was younger, but I, I believe he led the nation in passing. Like Colt Brennan was unbelievable. And a lot of his success was because of June Jones. I'm so glad Johnny Manziel's around a guy like June Jones, a good influence. The head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats not only understands quarterbacks, not only can help young quarterbacks, he's worked with a young quarterback who's had trouble in the past, Colt Brennan. That is so exciting. It's a huge part of this move that no one's talking about is Johnny Manziel gets to work with June Jones. It's exciting. It's awesome. I'm very happy for Johnny Manziel. I can't, I cannot wait. I'm probably not going to watch a, a Canadian Football League li- game live, but I can't wait to hopefully watch Johnny Manziel's highlights. I'm going to follow that very closely. Because I think he's interesting. I'm going to watch Johnny Manziel a ton on YouTube. I can't wait. Maybe I will catch a game live if I can find one on TV. I'm just excited. I'm really, really happy Johnny Manziel signed a contract in the Canadian Football 
league. Okay. So this next segment is something I've never done before, and it needs to have some kind of setup. So what happened the other day? The other day, uh, so first of all, the other day, right on Sports News is a guy, he's, he comments on my stuff. He's, he's a great guy. He listens to my podcast. He follows my channel on YouTube. Longtime commenter. He's a friend of the show. He commented something that I just could not believe. This guy commented, Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you, are you kidding me? No way. I, I don't buy it. But I, I got to say this. I like him. So please, commenters who will find his video, don't trash him. Don't kill him. He's a nice guy. But I completely 100% disagree with his opinion. Jay Cutler is not the best quarterback in the NFL in the last 10 years. No way, Jose. I don't buy it. So I got permission from him. I left a comment. I said, hey, can I make a live reaction to your video on my podcast? So I, I've, I got his permission. He said, yes. I've never, ever watched his video before. I, I, I really haven't. I watched. I think I watched the first 15 seconds and I paused. I said, oh, crap. This is too good. I have to film this and, and watch it live on the podcast. So that is what we're doing today. Um, I really, I really appreciate him letting me watch his video. He said, if I wanted, I could use the full video. I won't. I'll cut some of it out. I'll get right to the point. What I appreciate about this video is that I'm curious. I don't know how you could even argue that Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. But hey, I, I think that's really cool that he, it's intriguing. He's got my attention. So right off the bat, I'm looking at this video and I think that, you know, the name of the video should be called actually why Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years or Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. I think you should have strong opinions and you should stand by them. That's what I do. But whatever. Let's go. Let's get in the video. Let's take a listen. Who is the best quarterback in the NFL in the past 10 years? And we've heard, you know, Tom Brady. We've heard Peyton Manning, Josh Freeman, Matt Schaub. And you know what? I, I don't care about them. I don't care. Tom Brady, he's... The guy's a cheater. Tom Brady? You're not going to consider Tom Brady? Okay. All right. He's not going to consider Tom Brady as maybe um, the best quarterback in the last 10 years. That's fine. To each their own, I guess. He's a cheater, I guess, is the, the problem. I'm not even going to entertain. I'm not even going to entertain Tom Brady because he's so much of a cheater in the Patriots organization. Okay. I don't okay, care. Okay, don't, don't consider Tom Brady. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Tom Brady isn't the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I know his argument's Jay Cutler. I don't know how the hell you can argue Jay Cutler, but we'll see. We'll find out. I've narrowed it down to one quarterback. And no, it's not Eli Manning because I'm a Giants fan. It's, I didn't pick Eli. No of, no, of course it's not Eli Manning. Nobody believes Eli Manning could even potentially be the greatest quarterback in the last 10 years. But alas, I. by the way, I got to say this. I already prepared my own argument for why I believe Jay Cutler is not the greatest quarterback in the last 10 years. So... We'll do that at the end. That's what we're going to do. The true goat. You ready for this? Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. <laughs> you know who the true goat is? Jay Cutler. <laughs> Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler is the greatest quarterback in the last 10 years. In fact, 
I would just use Jay Cutler and Goat in the same sentence all the time. <laughs> I, I, I'll watch. What's his argument? Jay Cutler has been the best quarterback the NFL has seen in the past 10 years. It's the truth. It really is the truth. It's the truth. And a lot of people, you're, you're probably, what? Jay Cutler? Yes. Yes, I am like, what? Jay Cutler's not the best quarterback in the last 10 years, but you know what? The truth. You can't handle the truth. We'll, we'll get there. Boy, you're, you're probably, what? Jay Cutler? It, it's because nobody, nobody talks about him. I don't understand why nobody talks about him. This guy is great. His intangibles have always been great. Intangibles like leadership. Fantastic, apparently. No, no. His arm strength is unmatched. His pocket awareness, great. Just, and his passion for the game, and you can just look back at all the quotes that his previous teammates have said. His passion for the game is unmatched. Every He knows that, everybody knows, that he does want to win. Okay, to this point, his argument is intangibles, arm strength, and passion for the game. Those are Those are great things you want every quarterback to have, but I don't think those are... We'll continue. Those are, so far, he's not convincing me at all. He's always wanted to win. He is extremely competitive. He's competitive, yes. A lot of people like to make fun of, you'll see the, the smoking Jay Cutler meme. And another people would like to point out the Wildcat play that happened earlier in the season where he played for the Dolphins, and he stood out with his hands on his hips, and, you know, he just... He didn't seem interested in the play. I think this video is going to be really Jay Cutler's underrated. Because I, I agree with the opinion that Jay Cutler's underrated. I think he's actually better than people give him credit for. But Jay Cutler, again, to say he's the best quarterback in the last 10 years, I do not believe this kid can make me... He can't convince me of that. There's no way. I'm just not going to buy it. But hey, I'll let him say his piece. A lot of people love to hate on that play and... and criticize them for that until they're blue in the face and I don't understand why. Here's what we're seeing from this. Right now, he's not arguing for why Jay Cutler is the greatest quarterback in the last 10 years. He's basically being incredibly apologetic. If the beginning of your argument is, well, forget this and this and this, forget about the blemishes, that's not really an argument. That's just you making excuses for a guy. So I wish he would have started with, this is my reason, this is my reason, this is my reason. And then at the end, then maybe he can address a couple things he doesn't like, like the meme or the other, the uh, the bad play. But like, you got to start with cold, hard facts. And right now he's not doing that. That just little argument thing, it bothers me. All the statistics I'm about to throw at you of quarterbacks that we consider in the past greatest, some of the greatest QBs of all time. So I'm going to interpret that for Jay Cutler being the best in the past 10 years. Now, if you want to look at, well, let's just take a look at Jay Cutler's stats. Now, he has 35,000 yards in his career and 227 TDs and 160 INTs. Can you get a mic? I, I like this. He's a nice guy. Like He comments on everything. Can you please get a microphone? Your, your audio sounds so much better. It's a pet peeve of mine. I hate when YouTube videos have bad audio. This video has average audio. It should be better. I don't... Nah. What's what's a guy that we consider one of the best of all time? Terry Bradshaw, right? A lot of people think that Terry Bradshaw is one of the greatest of all time. 
What's his career stats? 27,000 yards in his entire career. And he's played one more season than Jay Cutler, mind you. 27,000 yards. 212 touchdowns. 210 interceptions. Is it the last 10 years or are you just saying Jay Cutler? Again, I think the point of this video should be Jay Cutler's underrated because right now he's going to Terry Bradshaw. You can't really compare Terry Bradshaw's stats to Jay Cutler's because it's a different era in the NFL. Terry Bradshaw couldn't barely read a DV. You ever heard Terry Bradshaw talk about football? He didn't take it seriously hardly half the time. I mean, I, it's a different league, a different era where the running game was much more prevalent. And of course, Terry Bradshaw's stats would be a lot lower than maybe Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers because they played in a different league. If you're going to make the claim that here's what I really hope he does. He had better make he better compare Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to Jay Cutler because if you're going to say that Tom Brady that Jay Cutler's better than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady cuz you're going to say Jay Cutler's the best quarterback in the last 10 years, you got to compare him to quarterbacks who actually played in the last 10 years. He's starting with Terry Bradshaw. That's very concerning. I wish he would have started with Tom Brady. But here I'll get maybe Tom Brady's too much of a cheater. He can't talk about Tom Brady. Jay Cutler in his entire career has never really had an amazing team. If you look at the Broncos, who was it? There wasn't, there wasn't really anybody around. He had Brandon Marshall, and Jay Cutler made Brandon Marshall the way he was. The only decent player that I can think of in Jay Cutler's career is Matt Forte, and he was at running back. So how could that help out Jay Cutler's passing numbers, really? Okay, so the argument that Jay Cutler never played on a great team Therefore, that makes him the best quarterback in the last 10 years. Um, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers' stats are much better than Jay Cutler's. And Aaron Rodgers has never really had a great team. So that's a bad excuse. A lot of people think Joe Montana was the guy. All right, He put up 40,000 passing yards in his career. Keep in mind, this is with Jerry Rice. Just... Really just Jerry Rice, all right? Best wide receiver of all time. Again, he's comparing Jay Cutler to Joe Montana, a guy who played in a different era of football where you pass less. It was a different off. It just, you can't compare Jay Cutler to Joe Montana because they played years and years apart in different eras of the NFL when NFL systems were different. When le- I just, I mean, I would love, if he's going to make the claim, best quarterback in the last 10 years, Talk about quarterbacks who actually played in the last 10 years. He had three extra seasons over Jay Cutler. 273 TDs, 139 INTs. Really, it's just... Compared to Jay Cutler, I mean, I I do think that Jay Cutler was better. Jay Cutler was not better than Joe Montana! God dang it! Come on, man. Come on, you... You can do better than this. Dang it. 49ers had an absolutely amazing team. If you look at Steve Young, another 49ers quarterback, 33,000 yards in his career, 232 TDs, 107 INTs. Better ratio from TD to interceptions, but again, Jerry Rice, T.O., amazing team around him. Now, if you want to look at Troy Aikman. Oh, Troy Aikman, another quarterback that played in the last 10 years, right? No. You can't make the claim best quarterback in the last 10 years and not compare him to at least one quarterback who played in the last 10 years. <sighs> look at Troy Aikman. A lot of people think that he's one of the greatest because of how many Super Bowls he won. He, this guy, played with Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, 
one of the best defense of all time. That's why they're winning these Super Bowls. 32,000 career yard, yards, 165 touchdowns, 100, 141 interceptions. Again, Jay Cutler wins that. So far, Jay Cutler's now better than Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, and Terry Bradshaw, who have multiple, multiple Super Bowls, according to this. It's just not true. It's just not true at all. I, I... Jay Cutler is the best quarterback that we have seen in the past 10 years. You said past 10 years, and you're not talking about quarterbacks from the past 10 years. Dude, oh, I like this kid. He's a nice guy. He comments on everything. He he believes LeBron James is terrible at basketball, which I don't understand. But he's not a horrible person. But this is a terrible, terrible argument so far. With really no team around him, he has stood up, fought, and really he's done the best he can. He's got a playoff win. Oh, he won a playoff game. Jay Cutler won one playoff game. <laughs> Makes him the best quarterback in the last 10 years. Dude, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers did not play on a great roster either. Dude, come on, man. You just can't. Now, has he gotten the playoffs much? No. He's gotten the two playoff games in his career. And I, don't, I know a lot of people are going to be ragging him. Oh, two playoff it's because he's never had a team. How many offensive coordinators has he gone through? How many head coaches has he gone through? Okay, how many head coaches has he gone through? How many offensive coordinators has he gone through? If everybody leaves you, you're the problem. If there's a revolving door of people around you, if, if I date like 11 girls and they all break up with me or the, everyone leaves me, I'm the one who needs to look in the mirror and realize I have the problem. Maybe Jay Cutler had the problem. Not all the coaches, not all the offensive coordinators. <sighs> Again, I just think the point of this video is Jay Cutler is underrated, which is fine. I agree with. I don't get why everyone thinks Jay, Jay Cutler wasn't horrible. He won some games. I liked him. Actually, I was partial to the Bears growing up. But Jay Cutler is not the best quarterback in the last 10 years so far. There's, we're 9 minutes and 44 seconds into this video out of 11 minutes. I'm not convinced, and it's too late. You wasted nine minutes of my life, and I still have no idea why you think Jay Cutler's actually the best quarterback in the last 10 years. He's been to three different teams. Just, come on, give the guy a break. Nobody talks about him. Why not? This guy's better. If you saw him... What I don't understand is that saying Jay Cutler in the last 10 years is the best quarterback, it's kind of a clickbaity thing. Like, I get it. You know, it would make me click on the video. But the, quarter, the video isn't called Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. It asks a question. That's what I learned on YouTube is state your strong opinions very, very clearly. Don't ask a question. Be, don't say, hmm, is, is Ben Roethlisberger the best recently? Say, no, Tom Brady is the best in the last 10 years. Say something like that. Don't ask a question. Make a statement with the title of your video. I don't know if you guys watched in the Dolphins-Patriots Second game that they played of last year, Jay Cutler looked on a whole nother level than Brady did. Well, I gotta, I gotta rewind that. Jay Cutler better than Tom Brady? Jay Cutler looked on a whole nother level than Brady did. And the Dolphins won the game. He was just on another level. Oh, so uh, that's fair. You know, I, I don't want to look at the stats. I honestly don't want to take the time to do that. I'm just lazy. But uh, I guess maybe Jay Cutler did beat Tom Brady once. Like that's that makes him the greatest quarterback in the last ten years. 
No, he, he he won one game. Like that's awesome. Happy for Jay Cutler, but that doesn't make him the best quarterback in the last ten years because he won one game in the last ten years against Tom Brady. Jay Cutler is an amazing quarterback, and he's the best quarterback that we've seen in the past ten years. Dude, you said he's the best quarterback in the last ten years, but you haven't. You've only named one other quarterback that even played in the last ten years, and you only referenced one game where they played each other, and you didn't name any stats. That's not a good argument. Not at all. Enough said. Enough said? No. It's not enough said. I just, I'm, there's 30 seconds left in the video. I'm going to watch it, but I, I'm excited to tell you why Jay Cutler is not. I know it's a pretty tough one. Let me tell you why Jay Cutler is not the best quarterback in the last 10 years. I know it's a very, very complicated argument. It's going to blow your freaking mind, but, uh, yeah, believe it or not, Jay Cutler is not the best quarterback in the last 10 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And really, that's it. Jay Cutler, best quarterback the NFL has seen the past 10 years. Really, there's not not an argument for it. Okay, um, Jay Cutler is not the best quarterback in the last 10 years. I think you and I can all agree on that, but I'm going to make an argument for why clearly he's not. Um, I'm actually going to compare... Jay Cutler to a quarterback who did play in the last 10 years, and I'm going to show you his stats and his accomplishments and prove to you uh, that Jay Cutler is not even better than Joe Flacco. I don't need to talk about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Maybe I should, but I'm not going to because Jay Cutler's not even better than Joe Flacco. So Jay Cutler, in the last 10 years, I didn't look at his career stats. I looked at just the last 10 years. Jay Cutler has 30,635 yards, 198 touchdowns, and 141 interceptions. He had three seasons with less than 30, less than 60% completion percentage. He had a lower completion percentage than 60% in three of the last 10 seasons. In the last 10 years, Jay Cutler has only played 16 games twice. He's only played a full season two times in the last 10 years. The record for Jay Cutler when he was playing quarterback. So this is his quarterback record, meaning when Jay Cutler started the game, this is his win-loss record. He, in the last 10 years, Jay Cutler has only had three winning seasons, meaning he's only had three seasons where he won more games than he lost. There was also a fourth season that he went eight and eight. So one of the three seasons he had a winning record, he only played in 10 games. He was seven and three. Again, he also... He had three winning seasons. He had a season where he went eight and eight. The other six seasons were losing seasons. That's awful. That does not, you can't have six losing seasons, six out of 10 times and be considered the best quarterback in the last 10 years. Jay Cutler only won his division one time. He only won the NFC North one time in the last 10 years. And Jay Cutler only has one playoff win now in contrast I'm gonna go a different direction I could talk about Aaron Rodgers I could talk about Tom Brady I could talk about Drew Brees I think it's much simpler than that Jay Cutler is not even better than Joe Flacco if you look at the last 10 years in fact Joe Flacco's only even played 10 years so he's only been in the league the last 10 years in the last 10 years Joe Flacco has 200 touchdowns 130 interceptions and 35,780 yards, more touchdowns, fewer, fewer interceptions and more yards in the last 10 years. He has played all 16 games of a season in nine of the last 10 years. Only one season did he miss. I think he played 10 games in one of the seasons in the last 10 years. 
Joe Flacco only has one losing season. Now, he also had two seasons where he went 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, another thing that's important to talk about is completion percentage. Just like Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco also has had three seasons out of 10 where he had a completion percentage lower than 60%. But here's where the trump card comes out. So by a small margin, Joe Flacco has slightly better stats. But it's not just stats we need to talk about when you look at what Joe Flacco did in his career. Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl MVP. He won multiple playoff games. Jay Cutler only won one of them. He won one playoff game, Jay Cutler did. Joe Flacco, multiple playoff wins. He won a Super Bowl. He was Super Bowl MVP. And the Ravens won their division twice. So I think it's pretty clear. He won his division. He was a Super Bowl MVP. And Joe Flacco has better stats than Jay Cutler. Now, was Joe Flacco the best quarterback in the last 10 years? No way. But his stats are better than Jay Cutler. So you can't even argue Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. Because if you're going to argue that, you'd have to say, well, actually, Joe Flacco's better. Joe Flacco's not better. Drew Brees is better. Ben Roethlisberger is better. Tom Brady's better. Phillip Rivers is even better. Joe Flacco is not the best quarterback in the last 10 years. Therefore, neither is Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler is worse than even Joe Flacco. You cannot make an argument saying Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years without comparing him to quarterbacks who actually played in the last 10 years. God dang it, man. I liked his premise. His idea should have been different. He should have had a different name for the video. The video should have been Jay Cutler was underappreciated. Because that's the truth. I think Jay Cutler was better than people give him credit for. But Jay Cutler, by no means at all, is Jay Cutler the best quarterback in the last 10 years. He is dead, dead wrong. Stupid. Really stupid. So I do, I want to give a kind thank you to Right On Sports News. I appreciate him letting me use his video. I appreciate him being very gracious. And uh, even though he's dead wrong, I I'm, I really enjoyed his... Uh, getting to make content about from his content. I, like, I really appreciate him letting me do that and be nice to him in the comments. He's a nice kid. He is a, a good guy. I just think he's got some, he's wrong about some things, but it doesn't make him a bad person. Just having bad opinions doesn't make you a bad person. So, um, <laughs> I, and I don't think it was necessarily even a bad opinion. I think it was just misguided. I think that he should have said once again, he should have said Jay Cutler's underrated because that's what his argument was. His argument wasn't, Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in the last 10 years. The whole argument was Jay Cutler is actually better than you realize, but he labeled it the wrong thing. So, you know what? I just hope you guys are kind to him on the comments, and I'm very grateful he let me use his video. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. That's all I have. Um, I, I'm so grateful for you guys watching. I really appreciate it. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like strong opinion sports as much as I do, help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schallen. That is all I have. Thank you so much for watching. But um bam we're done.